Hey there, welcome to OPG's Tips and Tricks. Here I'm gonna share some quick tips and some tricks that I think you'll find very useful. Let's get right to it. Hey everyone, hope you're doing well out there. Welcome to another episode of Tips and Tricks with OPG. All right, I'm your host, Jason Group, and today we're gonna to embark on a journey towards achieving razor sharp wedding photos. Uh, if you've been listening to any of these podcasts or reading any of the blogs, that's always uh, anyone's goal, right? But um, there's something to be said for uh, really taking on the challenge of getting those razor sharp wedding images. And they're important. And they're important when you're capturing those perfect moments. And and uh, we're going to dive into 10 tips for uh, capturing razor sharp wedding pics. All right. So these techniques, they're going to help you with a number of, um, help you reduce the number of disappointing, blurry, out-of-focus shots and ensure that your clients are thrilled with the results. This is an ongoing journey and uh, you can always, uh, you're always, we're always looking for new ways to uh, achieve this this detail. But I'm going to try and give you 10 tips uh, to get you, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully it'll help you. Maybe one of these tips will be the answer that you've been looking for. <laughs> All right, here we go. Starting with tip number one. This is going to seem super duper obvious. Choosing the right gear. Your choice of equipment is crucial and investing in a high quality camera with a full frame sensor. Some may disagree with me on that. Along with fast lenses, uh, boasting wide apertures like 1.8 or 2.8 is definitely a cornerstone for getting sharp wedding pictures. Uh, if budget is a concern, high quality prime lenses can often be a really cost effective way to do that. Uh, so just uh, going overviewing that a little bit. Uh, so uh, some may disagree with me that you need a full frame sensor. I don't, you know, I'm a full frame sensor guy. I believe in them. Uh, I do think that it helps. Generally, crop sensors are less, lesser cameras, not all of them. But these days, full-frame sensors kind of the uh, the mainstay of what you're looking for. And um, lenses, uh, I can't I can't stress them enough. Good lenses, uh, and if you if you can't afford uh, a great zoom lens, and I'm a prime guy, I switched to primes many many years ago, uh, whenever possible, unless I'm shooting like a real down and dirty grip and grin event, and I'll use a 24 to 70. Uh, if I'm shooting a wedding, I'm shooting with primes and I'm shooting with the fastest primes I can possibly find. But it's a great entry way to start. There's lots of, let's say, 50 2.8s out there or um, 85 1.8s instead of the 1.2s. Uh, and then the aftermar- some of the aftermarket lenses are really good too. So uh, that would be my best advice in, in really working to get uh, those sharp images. A cheap zoom lenses is going to give you exactly that, a cheap image. I, I don't know how else to, to do it, but you're never, you're never going to be satisfied with a cheap zoom lens. Um, also, along those lines, consider buying used equipment from trusted sources to save money without sacrificing quality and reliability. Now, I, I've been on Facebook quite a bit, and there's a lot of scams out there. Uh, lately, so you really do need to be careful about where you're buying used gear from. But um, I'm still shooting with a 5D Mark IV. I bought it used. My second body I bought used recently from a friend of mine. I've always had a lot of success. 
Uh, if you can't buy from a friend, buy from a trusted source like KEH or B&H or Adorama or places like that. You're going to pay a little bit more, but you're going to save a lot of money too. And a lot of a Canon or an Icon or for, you know, buy refurbished. Um, what you're going to wind up getting is a camera that's been looked over and, and made sure that uh, it's not going to be a, a scam or a brick when you get it, if at all. Um, so that's my best advice on that. Don't be afraid to buy used gear. Uh, a lot of times you can get a great value for, for what you're looking for. All right, on to tip number two. Use a tripod. Now, tripod may not be practical for an entire wedding shoot. However, it can be a game changer for capturing stunning landscapes or preserving the ambiance of a dimly lit ceremony. Investing in a high-quality tripod within your budget can serve you for a lifetime. And along those lines, um, I have my, my trusty tripod. I have an old Gitzo that I bought 30 years ago. And the only thing I've ever done is change the head on it. And when you buy from a quality company like that, if there's ever an issue with it, getting it fixed is never an issue too. And my Gitzo has been returned to Gitzo and fixed many times, costing me zero dollars. And um, I, I can't stress that enough. Now, you're only going to use a tripod for, let's say, a landscape shot of the of the uh, reception or the church or someplace late at night. Um, but it is great for establishing shots. It is great for doing detail shots. I can't stress enough, use a tripod for detail shots. It slows you down a little bit and really make sure that you're focusing on what you're doing. Uh, and one tip along those lines, a ceremony shot from the back of the room if you don't have a tripod. Uh, I used to do a lot. I would take a wide-angle lens, put my wallet underneath it, and take a long exposure. Uh, that's, uh, that's one way to get away from not using the tripod. But a tripod is a really great way to make sure you're getting sharp images. All right, moving on to number three, mastering your focusing technique. I've talked about this a lot, and uh, modern cameras offer a multitude of focusing modes, and it's easy to get confused. However, I recommend using the single point autofocus mode. It provides a precision and control, especially when you've deliberately select one single point of focus. Personally, I prefer placing it on the subject's eye, a critical point when you're taking portraits. Um, if the eye's not sharp, you got a problem, and that doesn't matter if, if, if everything else is sharp, but if the eye isn't sharp, generally, that's not going to be considered. Uh, it's, it's not going to, the client's not going to feel like this is a good shot. So, um, and I know the, the single point focus may be the simplest mode, uh, and I've just found that over the years, uh, if I use more than a multi, if I use a multi-point focus method, uh, it misfires and, and not misfires, it, it chooses the wrong place and you wind up getting something sharp that you don't want sharp and, and, um, the best advice, again, with newer cameras and these these focusing modes, you got to work to find what works for you. And uh, a lot of people will use back focus buttons on their camera and play around with those things as well. You got to find what works for you. Um, I found over the years, I use a single point focus, single focus. I focus and then frame, focus, frame, focus, frame, focus, frame. Uh, and what that means is I'm, I'm choosing my focus spot and then 
maybe the eye and then reframing my image while I'm holding down the button uh, halfway. Um, that may or may not work for you. Uh, an AI servo mode usually is just tantamount to killing your batteries. Um, but again, find what works for you and, um, and, uh, you know, go with it. Um, but reading your manual, different focus modes, playing around with the different focus modes during a wedding day. This is a great time to play. End of the night uh, is always a great time to play around with these things and decide what works for you. Uh, tip number four, calibrate your lenses. So this is something that I think we forget about a lot and probably, in my opinion, might be the best tip you may have forgotten about. Uh, frequently calibrating your lenses to your camera body uh, is the lesser known technique for achieving great images while I usually leave... so. I leave this task to the experts. I don't generally play around with the micro adjustment settings in my camera. Uh, some people are really good about it. I don't even like cleaning the, my sensor on my own. I, I, I just, if my sensor's dirty, I bring it over to the, the local camera dealer and let them clean it. And once a year, I bring all of my gear over to, uh, I'm a Canon guy, so I'll bring all my Canon gear over to Canon and I let them calibrate it and, um, and, and clean everything out. And that's the best way to get the best life out of your camera. They will calibrate your lenses. I will make, um, notes during the year about my gear. Let's say one lens, I feel like it's, it's off and, uh, you know, I'm just not getting the images that I want from it. Uh, this is a good time to bring that up to, to, to the pros that you're dropping it off with and, uh, maintain that record. Uh, so that you know when you're when you're bringing the gear back, uh, if you continue to have those images. But I, you know, if you have a CPS membership, if you're Canon or Nikon professional services, also I highly recommend those services. And uh, you send your gear in during the slow season, get it cleaned, and uh, and then you know you know that you're working with the right tools, and that's what our cameras are—they're tools. All right, next tip understand depth of field. For portraits, obviously, we're going to use a wide aperture and create a shallow depth of field, uh, get, get great bokeh, and contrast group shots and landscapes benefit from a narrower, a narrower aperture to keep everything sharp. And I think sometimes we forget that like we're just shooting wide open pretty much all day. Not wide open, but maybe we're shooting it at four four and a half, five, six, and then we go to do a landscape shop and we do the same thing. This is the time when we want to stop down to eight, 11, uh, something like that. So we get super sharp images in those landscapes and just understanding that depth of field. That's a really simple one, but it's important to mention. Uh, and also, you know, if you're using a cheaper zoom, you're not going to want to shoot with that lens wide open. You're going to get sharper images if you come, you, you generally come at least a half stop down to a stop down and that should pretend that's your that's your widest opening that's going to get you the sharpest images you uh, you can possibly get uh know the limitations of your gear okay number 6 optimize iso and shutter speed finding again this very simple tip finding the right balance between your iso and the shutter speed is essential to maintain image quality and sharpness keeping the ISO as low as possible to minimize noise and adjust your shutter speed to prevent motion blur. So whenever I'm working a reception, let's say I'm going to want to try and find 
as much ambient light coming into my camera that I can pick up while I'm using my flash, but I need to make sure that my shutter speed is fast enough to stop motion blur. Uh, and that's kind of across the, across the runs the gamut. Uh, and I want to use the lowest ISO I possibly can to get the sharpest images. The higher the ISO, the more noise you're going to get in your images, and it's going to convey less sharp. Um, and, you know, rule of thumb for handheld shots, use a shutter speed that's equal to or faster than the reciprocal of your focal length. For example, if you're using a 50 millimeter lens, aim for a minimum shutter speed of 1 50th of a second or faster. I, I generally 150 is about as, is about as slow as I'm going to get on a shutter speed. All right. Tip number seven, pay attention to your lighting. Obviously proper lighting is a key, key to sharp photos. Natural light often works wonders. So position your subject strategically and when shooting indoors or in challenging lighting situations, consider using flashes, softboxes, diffusers to control the light. And I've talked about these in my other episodes. Lighting uh, conveys, uh, lighting doesn't, uh, lighting will make your images sharper. No other way around that. Uh, if you're using available light, it's generally going to be softer. When you add a little bit of flash, it's going to sharpen your images up. Next tip, image stabilization. Many lenses and camera bodies come with built-in image stabilization, either IS or VR, to obviously take advantage of this feature, especially when shooting handheld and low-light situations. It helps you maintain sharpness even at shutter, slower shutter speeds. Now, also keep in mind that many of our newer zoom lenses will have different uh, image stabilization. You need to learn which one you want to use in different situations. I'm not going to get into the nuances of those. Okay. Tip number nine, pre-focus and burst mode. And I talked about this a little bit before. For candid, pre-focusing your lens and using a burst mode can, can significantly improve your chances of capturing a perfectly sharp shot. Set your focus where the action is likely going to happen and continuously shoot a sense, series of images. A lot of times we'll call that shooting through the moment. And again, you can use different focusing modes to do this. You can use a single point, ba 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 ba, and then shoot, right? Or you can kind of shoot through it using a servo mode where you're shooting your ba 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 and you're letting the camera focus as it goes. Um, it really depends on your camera, the lens that you're shooting with, and how fast it is. Um, but uh, it, it, this is a good way too. And the best tip on that, shooting through the moment, not just getting one or two shots, but bursting through the moment. So you see the moment happening, you're shooting before it, you're shooting through the moment, and then after the moment, that's the best way to guarantee that you're going to get a shot. And you have to be careful with this because you can wind up really overshooting. And you can also wind up where you, you find yourself in a situation where your cameras are buffering and then you miss the next shot. So just keep that in mind. You got to practice that uh, and, and you, you'll, you'll, you'll get your shots. All right. Last tip, post-processing for sharpness. Obviously, you know, straight out of camera is uh, uh, if you get sharp shots, you're going to be great, but a lot can be done in post-processing. Uh, after capturing your photos, the final touch in post-processing is crucial. Uh, using different image editing softwares like Lightroom or Photoshop's can go from a subtle sharpness to uh, a lot of sharpness. Be really careful about overdoing it here. You can introduce noise and artifacts and degrade the image quality. quality. 
Um, and there's lots of tools out there that you can use as well to help with your sharpening, whether it be a Photoshop action or a Lightroom preset. Um, you definitely want to look into these and find your style when it comes to, to, to what you want to do for post-processing on imaging. Again, that's a lifelong journey as well. So capturing razor-sharp wedding photos requires technical knowledge, artistic flair, and attention to detail. I hope these 10 tips provide your roadmap to achieving exceptional results that will delight your clients and create lasting memories. Remember, obviously, like I've said, practice makes perfect. Honing your skills and experimenting, experimenting, experimenting. Uh, these different techniques will will find what works best for you. And uh, I always like to try something new every wedding, whether or not it's uh, new focusing mode, lighting modes, uh, play, play. We have so much time at weddings sometimes, and there's lots of times to play, and that's how you're going to learn. Um, learn, look at your results, super important, and then learn from that. Try again. All right, that's it for this episode of the Orion Photo Group Tips and Tricks podcast. If you found this episode valuable, please listen to the rest of my episodes. All right, if you have a tip you want to share, I'd love to hear it. Okay, take care, everyone. Hey, do you have a tip or trick you want to share with us? Please email me, jgroup at orionphotogroup.com. I would love to hear your tips or tricks, and we'll even send you a nice little reward for doing so. Till then, thank you.